a Thursday. Action Sports Checks Overtime ESPN 690. Casey Kurtz, Brian Middleton rocking with you until 650 when we hand it off to Jacksonville Jumbo Shrimp Baseball. Back in the studio yesterday, we were at Tavoli's House of Cards. Love the people down there, good people at Tavoli's, but we back in the studio. Brian Middleton, what up with you? Hey, man, what's going on? Chilling. Chilling, bro. You good? I am, man. I'm a, yeah. What is that? Except it, for that seat thing I was telling you about, man. I don't I, like it, man. It's still warm. It's not my warmth either, man. It's awkward. I is it not I awkward? I don't know what to tell you, bro. Listen, like, man, if another grown man is sitting in a seat that you have to sit in, right? Mm-hmm. Well, I guess you don't have to sit you in it, to. but you're planning on sitting on it. You are. Mm-hmm. Okay. And they get up. And there's not enough time for that seat to cool down. That's an issue. I feel like this should be a Twitter poll. Is it a violation to sit in a freshly warm seat by another grown man if you're a grown man? Um, it's, 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 it's awkward. It feels like a violation. That's all I'm saying. I don't like it. I would prefer for you, mm-hmm. okay, mm-hmm. since you're here for three or four hours prior to I'm overtime. like 10, yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. If you could get up. For that last segment, starting at the beginning of the commercial break of the B block of that hour, mm-hmm. okay? Give it about 15 minutes to cool off, man. I could. You could. You did I didn't. I didn't think about it. Yeah, you don't think about it because you're not the one stewing in it right now. That's me. You I'm gotta, not jumping on you. I'm just saying you it's You got to stop saying stewing, bro. Yeah. Like, you have to stop saying it in this scenario. Yeah. And that's oh, what man. it feels like. Oh, Like man. a warm beef stew. It's just not, not it at all. Uh, so I guess I'm sorry about the chair scenario. Are you though? I'm, Feels like I, you're not. I'm wishing I didn't ask you how you were. No, mm. I'm not gonna lie. Well, that's selfish. But yeah, you know, I expect that one. Yeah, you know, you do what you gotta do. Um, anyway, a lot to talk about here on OT. Even though not a lot going on in the football world, we had a fight in the football world using words. We had Nick Saban saying some things. We had Jimbo Fisher saying some things. Um, some pretty aggressive things about one another. Uh, I don't know if it would be better. Here's what we're gonna do, Brian Middleton. Here's what we're going to do to let the people understand. We talked about it at the top of the show at 3 o'clock, but I can't assume that you've all listened from 3 to 6, and frankly, I don't expect you to. We appreciate you listening at any point in time, but if you're just jumping in your car right now and don't know what we're talking about, Nick Saban um, had a long conversation, town hall-style meeting um, about NIL and went on a rant uh, about seven minutes long. We're not going to play you all seven minutes. We are going to play you the clip that set Jimbo Fisher off. So, Ryan, if we have it, go ahead and play that sound from Nick Saban uh, that started this whole entire thing. And you've read about them. You know who they are. I mean, we were second in recruiting last year. A&M was first. A&M bought every player on their team, made a deal for name, image, and likeness. All right, we didn't buy one player. All right, but I don't know if we're going to be able to sustain that in the future because more and more people are doing it. So, yeah, you heard him, and you kind of hear the crowd. I noticed this the first time, too. Uh, you kind of hear the crowd after he says they bought every player. Like, they kind of chuckled, uh, and then there's some people like, ooh. Like, there was like a little rumble from the crowd right after he said that because you cannot accuse another team of buying players. That's not how this works. That is, uh, for lack of a better term, mega cheating, right? You cannot do that. And... Nick Saban straight up said they bought every player. Uh, Brian, when you hear him say that, your reaction to just what Nick Saban said right there is what? Well, we didn't get the the entirety of everything that he said, but for that one part, Mm -hmm. I think is laughable. Now, I think the people that laughed in the crowd did take it like, wow, you know, took a shot at uh, A&M. But if I were the one 
who was in that crowd and laughing, it'd be because I would be like, you're such a hypocrite. I know he said that we did things the right way. I know he said we didn't buy one player. Sir, listen, I, we don't have truth serum, right? I think that's like in spy movies or something made up in Hollywood on the big, on the big movie screen. You don't really have something like that. Maybe they do, and we just don't know about it in real life. If you give Nick Saban and his assistant coaches over the past years and all the players that's played under him since Michigan State, but especially at Alabama and even at LSU, and you ask them, has there been in any kind of payment in any kind of way that went against the NCAA rules, what do you think would be the, the God honest answer? It'd be yes. Mm-hmm. And that's why I'd be laughing. This was such a hypocritical uh, type response. And honestly, uh, it was uh, the part where he went further on A&M and then brought in uh, Jackson State. And I don't know if you're going to bring that, that part up. Uh, that's the part that got my blood boiling even a bit more. But I'll throw it back to you. I think it's hypocritical. I think that Nick Saban is laughable. He seems like a spoiled uh, kid now because at the very least, NIL deals, even though it's the Wild West, has even the playing field just a bit more. Not because Coach Saban is such a great coach, which he is. He's probably the best that you can make the argument for a few other coaches, um, you know, over the history of college football, of being the best. But his name is right up there if he isn't number one. Sure. But it's not just because of that, Nick. It's because you get the best players. And it always and it hasn't always just been off of your reputation. We know that. We understand that. You even if you never played college football or college, or college sports in general, if you've had a friend, heck, if you just sit back and think about it, you gotta be like, now listen now, you telling me that all this kid got right here was a scholarship? Yep. That's it? Come on, man. And for him to do this, you'll see in the cash of the trash it, because I'll ask you about it. Uh, later on in the show, it's a it's a move that people in my old neighborhood would they would call you something, but I, but I'm not going to say it here because I can't get to the dumb button. But it was a, it was really a move yeah. uh, that resembles something of a canine. Oh, um, yeah, I get the idea of what you're saying there. So you said a couple of things there. Uh, we'll talk about the Deion Sanders part of this in just a second because I want to get your take on that. Um, but. You said it. If we had a truth serum, has Nick Saban been doing everything to the book this whole time? And I think we all kind of believe the answer to that to be no. Well, there's one guy that might know, and that is a former assistant coach for Nick Saban, and that's Jimbo Fisher. And Jimbo Fisher did not take lightly to what Nick Saban said about him in that clip and what he continued to say about Jackson State and other schools and how NIL works uh, in that conversation. So here's... The response from Jimbo Fisher, he called a press conference today just to give this address, if you will, and he took some shots at Nick Saban. Here's what he said. It's a shame that you got to sit here and defend 17-year-old kids and families and Texas A&M because we do things right. We're always going to do things right, but we're always going to be here. We're doing a heck of a job. These coaches have done a great job. Our players have done a great job. The whole organization of recruiting people. It's despicable that we got to sit here at this level of ball and, and say these things to defend the people of this organization, the kids, 17-year-old kids and their families. It's amazing. Some people think they're God. Go dig into how God did his, his deal. You may find out about, about a guy that a lot of things you don't want to know. We built him up to be the czar of football. Go dig into his past or anybody that's ever coached with him. You can find out anything you want to find out, what he does and how he does it. And it's despicable. 
It really is. And it's a shame we have to sit up here and have this conversation about things we do. And it's it, it personal to us? Yes, it is. It's personal to A&M. It's personal to our players. It's personal to our coaches and everybody involved. And I know the guy. know him really well. And there's a lot there, folks. I mean, he went after him. He called him. He called him God pretty much and said, hey, look into how he does things. And I'm telling you right now, folks, Jimbo Fisher would know. These guys were boys until yesterday. They know how these things work. Now, I will say this in terms of Jimbo Fisher, right, just the initial claim that the NIL is the reason that he recruited so well. Jimbo Fisher's a hell of a recruiter, and he's been his entire career. He was great at Florida State. He won a national championship at Florida State with his recruiting, right? He has always been a great recruiter. Texas A&M might have the best facilities in the entire college football landscape right now. So let's not consi- let's not throw those two things out because they're extremely important in this scenario. But the point that he's making there, Nick Saban opens something up that he doesn't want open probably. I would be shocked, and I think most people would be, is if every if there's nothing nothing with Nick Saban. Like, nothing wrong has ever happened in that Alabama program. I think we would all be like, there's no chance of that. Well, Jimbo Fisher just said, hey, look into how he does things, right? And I said this earlier, Brian, this is how I feel. I don't need the NCAA to do an investigation, and in 10 years we find out. I don't need that, right? It takes too long. The NCAA does nothing, right? They're, they're useless, for lack of a better term. I, I don't care about their investigations. I need people to start talking, right? Jimbo Fisher just talked. Now, granted, you're going to have a hard time having Alabama former players and former coaches talking out against Nick Saban because it's not a popular thing to do, right? But I'm going to need people to start talking because now I need to know what Jimbo Fisher knows because he obviously knows something and a lot of something because he wouldn't take a shot like that at some guy like Nick Saban has been. The, everything that's been built up about Nick Saban, you don't take those shots unless you know you're right. So I really need to know what he knows. You know, my question is this. What if the reason why my recruiting class is so good is only because of NIL deals? That's the rule, sir. That is true. It doesn't, I don't care. So what? I get, again, it's the Wild Wild West. I'm with Coach Saban about, okay, we got to get something into place or there is going to be something put into place because the money is so crazy and NCAA is going to be like, oh, we can't get our cut the way we need our cut. Like, that's why I tell the student athletes, get the money this season and for however long you can because they're, they're going to be looking to put regulations on it. Good, fine, okay. But so what? So what? That means you got to change your recruiting tactics. All the NIL deal does, again, is even the playing field for not just smaller schools and, and schools that aren't like the Blue Bloods, it also evens the playing field with coaches and the players. Mm-hmm. That's all that does right there. And so you, for you to be like, oh, the only reason why they beat us out in the recruiting class is because they got an NIL deal or they, they get their players they, through the NIL deal, they're paying them that way. So what? Change up. The same way that you would bring recruits in and be like, hey, look at all the people that I got to the NFL. Oh, look at all the facilities that we brought in. Oh, look what we can get you right here. And, hey, here's some of the boosters, some of the alumni as well. No, there's no NIL deals under the table happening there. Of course not, right? But look at all the stuff you can have here by going to Alabama. Casey, Casey, Mm -hmm. if I am a number one prospect, a top 100 prospect, and I'm from California, I'm from Florida, I'm from Texas, right? And I could go to, I could go to, you know, Ohio State, uh, USC, like, like, name a place. 
why would I pick Alabama? I get, okay, we can get you to the NFL. But before they really started popping off, let's go back a decade. Maybe it's been a little bit longer now. Let's go back 10, 11, 12 years, right? Mm-hmm. Nick Saban first gets back there, right? So well, why would I come there other than, I mean, Nick Saban, yeah, he did good at LSU, but he's just coming from Miami, you know? So I don't know if he still has it. He probably does still have it. Like, why am I going to go to Tuscaloosa? That's a good call. Okay? It's not because just of you, Nick Saban. No way. You done did dirt, and what you did was you kept pouting, and then you got off, you went off on a tangent that you should have not gone off on a tangent on, and now you done made someone mad. Who knows your secrets? Who knows your secrets? Why would you poke that bear? I get the fact that he thinks that he could just steamroll over a smaller school like Jackson State or just use them, you know, fervently and try to just damage whatever it is that they have momentum-wise. I get it. Cool. He got a lot of power. He is the top guy in college football. Cool. Make that mistake, even though that is a mistake because that's the wrong head coach down there to be doing that with because he got a mouthpiece and he can, he can start a ruckus as well. But to do it with somebody like Jimbo Fisher, who not only knows you well, has had success in other places as well. Like, he's, you're not going to punk him out. And so now, Jimbo said what he said. And you're right, Casey. Listen, there is somebody that Coach Saban has made mad who does not care and will speak. And people will find him. And I'll tell you what else. There's an investigator out there right now or someone under the investigative term. I don't know what the actual title is for NCAA football and all that stuff. But there, there are people, there's a division out there right now that ears perked up when Jimbo said that. And I can tell you right now, this ain't over. This is far from over. It, it, it absolutely is not over. I agree with you. And what's not over is I want to hear your take on what happened uh, with Dion and Nick Saban at Jackson State. But I know we need to hit this break. So we're going to hit this first break. We're going to come back, and then we're going to tell you what Nick Saban also said about Jackson State, what they said about Deion Sanders and how they figured out a way um, or how Nick Saban accused them from finding a way to get Travis Hunter to flip from Florida State to Jackson State around an NIL deal that has been refuted but is still we don't exactly know what the situation is with that so we'll we'll tell you about that we'll get Brian's take on it when we come back on the other side Action Sports Jacks Overtime ESPN 690 We roll along on a Thursday, Action Sports Checks Overtime, ESPN 690, continuing the conversation with Brian Middleton, Casey Kurtz with you as well, on what's going on with Nick Saban and Jimbo Fisher. But there's a third part of this uh, in Nick Saban's rant. He did not just shoot at Texas A&M and Jimbo Fisher. He also decided to take a shot at Jackson State, otherwise known as the school coach by Deion Sanders and obviously the school that got Travis Hunter to commit and flip his commitment from Florida State to Jackson State, and he was the number one, number one player and recruit in the country. So here's what happened with what Nick Saban said, and the the highlight quote is this, Jackson State paid a guy $1 million last year who was a really good Division I player to come to their school, said Saban. It was in the paper, and they bragged about it, no one did anything about it. He's referencing a NIL deal that is supposedly on the table with Barstool Sports for $1 million for Travis Hunter if he went to Jackson State because Dion is obviously involved with uh, Barstool Sports and what they do, but that is what's been proposed. That has not been officially official, 
That is not something that's come out and been proven to be true. Um, but so that is something that has been floated out there, including on signing day when he flipped his commitment. But so since uh, Nick Saban said that, uh, a couple things have come out, including from Coach Prime and Travis Hunter, by the way. the That's the part I like about this. Travis Hunter tweeted out, who, by the way, is verified on Twitter, Travis Hunter. Uh, he said, I got a mill question mark laughing emoji. I bet my mom still stay in a three-bedroom house with five kids laughing emoji. So Travis Hunter is very confused about where his million dollars is, but he would like to figure out a way to get it if that is on the table. Um, Dion, though, also responding, he said, you best believe I will address that lie in all caps. Coach Saban told tomorrow. I was awakened by my son that sent me the article stating that we paid at Travis Hunter Jr. a million to play at Jackson State as we as a people don't have to pay our people in all caps to play with our people again in all caps. So Dion is not thrilled about that. Travis Hunter also is saying, where's my money at? Because I don't believe that to be true. Brian Milton, you said you had a take on it. And what Nick Saban said about Deion Sanders and Jackson State, that take is what? Yeah, first of all, I know, uh, let me get this drop ready. Uh, Deion Sanders basically telling uh, Coach Saban to... And I agree with him. Listen, man, so HBCUs have a rich history in college football, and and that may be lost on a lot of people because in the USA, and I'm guilty of it as well, like, you focus on D1. For a time, there was the FCS and the FBS, um, and and I was telling you in the break, you know, prior to my time at, uh, you know, my university, uh, GSU, was really good uh, in that basically the the Division II uh, of what it was. Like, they... They had um they had championship teams. There was a coach there named uh, Paul Johnson and um I think uh, Adrian Peterson. He was a running back, not the one you're thinking of, but uh, he was right. he was really good. I think he I went to the Bears and uh, he, yeah. he, he did he did pretty well uh, for coming from you know Georgia Southern. Anyway, my point is this: HBCUs have a rich history as well. Um, teams like uh you know Florida A and M, SC State, sure. Grambling, especially like in the seventies. These were teams that had players who went to the NFL and and did well in the NFL. And so I know that, again, probably both over both of our lifetimes, that really has not been the case or sure. as prevalent as it was probably like in the, the 70s, the 80s, and, and some of the 90s. But it's so interesting to me, and I'm so glad that, that uh, Dion actually clapped back. Sometimes I think that Dion may, you know, talk too much for his own good, but, but more times than not, I think he has a purpose for it, and I'm so glad that he addressed the the take from Coach Saban on this. Coach Saban would rather you believe, right? He would rather you believe that an HBCU like Jackson State would have to pay somebody mm-hmm. to come play for them as opposed to go to Alabama than for a kid who's 17, 18, maybe 19, depending on, you know, how their birthday falls, making the decision, being recruited so well by that coach saying, hey, you can do something different. You know what? You can start a legacy here, and you can do it in a place that has history. And honestly, you know, I don't make race a, a big deal and everything, but mm-hmm. with people that that founded a university for people of color. And, I, and, and listen, that's important. Mm-hmm. That's bigger than a million dollars. That's legacy building right there. What Travis Hunter did, what he potentially has done, and start a momentum, a way that a pattern that some of the top players, not all, right? Because 
Honestly, your better bet if you want to go to the NFL is to go to Alabama. We can all admit that, at least right now and for the foreseeable future. But now you have kids 10, 11, 12, 13, 14 on up who, when they get the recruitment letter from a Jackson State, who also had a pretty good season. I believe they lost in a championship game. But they get, a, they get something from Jackson State. They get something from, uh, you know, South Carolina State, Florida A&M, Bethune-Cookman. They take a second look at it. They take the trip. Maybe they're convinced that, you know what, we can start something here. And maybe this is a shift here. And I, you know what, I can get an NIL deal here, here, deal here too. And maybe this is something that I want, I want to be in this kind of environment as opposed to being in Tuscaloosa. You know? Mm-hmm. So, like, please, man, let me tell you the amount of disrespect that I took from that part of the comment. And, and, it, and it, I, I don't even think I'm expressing it as clearly as I want to right now because the more I think about it, I'm like, how, I, like, how smug, how pretentious do you have to be? And, and, number, and, and also, if this was uh, just, you know, put out in the papers, I need him to cite some sources because according to Travis Hunter, you know, that's not the case. And yeah. according to Dion, that's not the case. And this is easily, you know, disproven. This is easily knocked out of the park to support your, your, uh, your claim, Coach Saban. Just give me the paper or Google it and screenshot it on your Twitter or whoever it is that runs your Twitter. And that way we can jump off your back. You do that, I jump off your back and be like, okay, well, they did do that. And then I'll just be like, and? Because those are the rules now. Adjust until those rules change. But please don't tell me that a kid can't make a decision who's recruited by a Hall of Fame coach who is doing well at coaching and did well at actually playing in the NFL, the best at his position, arguably. uh, I don't know who's arguing it, but I'm just throwing that out there. Sure. That he can't convince a kid who's probably going to play that same position to come play for him. He knows what to do, and he's doing it at a school already, and he can get him into the NFL as well. So, like, that, there's so many different ways to take a disrespect from that. I just didn't like that. He could have just stuck with Jimbo. He already burning bridges. There's no need to burn the bridge with the dude you're doing an Aflac commercial with. They did a commercial together. I thought they was boys. Uh-huh, Apparently so not. Sure. Strictly a business uh, a relationship. Yeah, it's going to be weird when they go to film that next commercial, right? No, nah, that duck like, nah, I'm good, fam. That <laughs> right? duck like, yeah, zoom yeah. me into that one. He said, I'm all good on that front. You know, half lag, we can get somebody else to do that for sure. But, uh, yeah, I think everything you're saying is extremely valid. I think what, just in terms of what happened with Travis Hunter, I think, like you said, I, it doesn't, to me, feel like that serious of a pitch that Dion had to make, right? He, I think it's exactly what you just said. Do you want to start a legacy? Like, do you want to do, do you want to be the reason that things change? And to be honest, I wasn't being recruited like Travis Hunter, right? But like, you tell me that, I'm like, you know what? He makes a good point. I'm that dude. That's what I'm thinking if I'm Travis Hunter. I'm like, I'm that dude. I'm good enough. I can start something and people can follow me. And it's Deion Sanders, bro. Like, if anybody knows anything about football, it's Dion, right? He knows how to play at the highest level, in the highest level, at the highest level. There's nobody better. So I don't think, just on the surface, if you look at it that way, it's not crazy to believe Dion could get some big-time recruits when you present it that way. So to your point, and I agree with, the idea that Nick Saban pretty much is saying, oh, that could never happen unless there was a million-dollar NIL deal. Like, why would somebody do that? Is exactly, I feel the exact same way you do. It's like, that's just stupid and dumb for you to even suggest that that's a thing. 
Yeah, he's basically saying like, you know I mean, you're, you're good enough to play. You're good enough to play for my team. I'll recruit you, but there's no way that you'd rather go play at an HBCU. And there's so many different levels of disrespect to that. Yeah. That coach said, someone, someone, first of all, shut him up. Stop doing interviews. Like, yeah, quit stop doing talking. that. Get an Alabama PR team out there. We need to call Angel right now and be like, Angel. Oh, uh, yeah, yeah, Angel. Yeah, yeah, you remember in TV? Yeah, he went out there. He works for University right. of Alabama. Angel Carl. Or something like that. Yeah. Hey, tell a- Angel. Get the PR team out there and shut Saban up because he's alienating a whole lot of people right now. And I'll tell you what else, Casey. October 8th, when the Aggies head to Tuscaloosa huh, to go face Alabama, the NIL Bowl, I'm going to be there for it. That's why I like schedules coming out early. You remember we were talking about the NFL? Yeah. I like it now. I need to know exactly when Jimbo going to be on their heads. I can tell you this. Uh, that game will be, it's not official yet, but you can take it from me. That game will be in prime time. That'll be at 8 p.m. on CBS 47 <laughs> right here in Jacksonville. Uh, that will be a prime time game. Uh, College game day will probably be there as well. There will be a huge oh, yeah. build up to that one. And I'm excited for it. I can't <laughs> wait for it. What's Lee Corso going to say? Oh, boy. Eh, boy. Yeah, that's a good call. But uh, anyway, it's going to be a heck of a lead up into that game. And. For now, I guess we kind of put this to bed where it is. We'll see what happens from here. But Nick Saban just saying some things that, let's be honest, he probably should not have said. Will it come back to bite him in more ways than we think in terms of looking into what they've done at Alabama? That might happen. In terms of the pushback that you're going to get for saying what you did about Jackson State, obviously, which comes from a different spot, which, as Brian just alluded to, actually he didn't allude to, he told you straight up uh, that that ain't it. Right, and I, Dion's not going to take that. I don't think a lot of people are going to take that. So I think there's going to be a lot of pushback, and there's going to be a lot of backlash for what Nick Saban has said, and we're just going to have to let it play out from the Texas A&M side, the Jackson State side, and really anybody else who has in the college football landscape an opinion on this. So we'll just see how that plays out going into college football season and throughout the summer. We got more to do. Stick with us. Action Sports Jacks Overtime ESPN 6-9. We'll be right back. Sports Jacks Overtime ESPN 690 on a Thursday. Rolling along Jumbo Shrimp Baseball here. Coming up in just a little bit. 650 day will start that. But right now, we still rolling and we got cash it or trash it. Is that right? Cash it or trash it. Tell them to bring me my money. On Action Sports Jacks Overtime. Sounds like I'm right. You are right. Oh. All right, Casey Kurtz. Uh, do you need the rules? I just do this now for routine. It doesn't yeah, matter. Yeah, we don't need no rules. Okay, one day you're going to say yeah, and then I'm going to have to be like, okay, let me remember the rules. Uh, All now, right, now Casey. I know I should do that every now and again. Well, but now I'm ready for it. You got to yeah, wait. that's true. Give it a couple weeks. Okay, first up, time for Casey Kirk to gloat. Cast it or trash it, Casey. Uh-huh. Game one of the NBA Western Conference oh. Finals is proof that oh. your list naming Steph Curry oh. the best player left in this year's playoffs, correct. Cash it. Hmm. Folks, I like Luca. I do. I've got nothing against this guy. He wasn't good enough last night. He was not good enough last night, and it just proves the point that was Steph the best player on the floor last night? Mm, Probably, right? The rebounds were insane. Stop the cap. What? I was trying to be nice about it. Like, I I, I really wasn't going to do you like that, but since you dropped me with Stop the Cap, I'm going to do it. He was far and away the best player on the court. There was nobody, any any other argument you could make. The man was rebounding as a guard. The man was scoring points as we expect. Now, granted, every dude on the Warriors was scoring points. They blew him out. Yeah, like 
six, seven guys in double figures. Mavericks didn't do nothing. But to the point, Luka has to consistently be the best player on the floor at all times if they want to win this series. And heck, maybe even win a game in this series, right? Like he will he will, will them to a win, at least one or two. But to win the series, he has to be far and away the best player every night. And that is a tough expectation. That is like incredibly tough. And it's going to be hard for him to live up to it. But, yeah, last night, it did prove my point. Brian Milton, I had Steph Curry as the best player left. And as of right now, May 19th, 6.38 p.m. Eastern time, he is still the best player left in the playoffs for my money. <sighs> All right, next up, more NBA. The Celtics and Heat saddle up for game two tonight down in South Beach. Mm-hmm. Miami is up one game to none. And the Heat superstar Jimmy 4-5 Butler showed up big, scoring 45 points. Yeah. In that win. Cash it or trash it, Casey Kurtz. It's Jason Tatum's turn to go off, and he will score at least 35 points in game two. 35? Score 29 in game one. Yeah. 35. He's going to have to. Yeah, I'll cash it. Tell him to bring me my money. I'm not. I don't love that I cashed it right, but I'm looking at what is left with Boston. Like, I think Jalen Brown's that dude. But as far as I understand it, Horford's still out. Uh, Oh, he will be playing. All right, well, I feel better about that now. Uh, Marcus Smart, I do think, is still out. So, listen, I think this series will go back and forth. I think the Heat had one heck of a quarter in the third, and other than that, it was okay, right? It was about as good as the Celtics, but if you don't have that quarter, like down the stretch, who wins that game? I don't know. And will you be able to continuously be dominant for one quarter in a game and win? Probably not. You're not going to win a series that way. I think this will go back and forth a bit. 35 is a lot of points, but I will say this. Like, if Tatum scores 35, they win easy, in my estimation. Like, I can't imagine a situation where Tatum's scoring 35 points and it's close. I just think that's puts him on a new level if he's able to score the basketball like that. So I'll go with you. Um, I think 35 is a lot of points, but I think Boston wins tonight, and he's going to be a big part of that no matter what. All right, next up. After a two-year hiatus, Taco Bell is bringing back its Mexican pizza, which consists of a tortilla shell filled with pizza sauce and either beans or ground beef. Then it's topped with another tortilla shell that's smothered with more sauce, cheese, and chopped tomatoes. Cash it or trash it, Casey Kurtz. This delectable item will find its way into the Kurtz household. Trash it. Can't do it. Like, not even with conviction. Can't can't do it. Yeah. Like... I can't do it. Like, uh, I know Austin Lane really loves the Mexican pizza. He's probably talking about it on WAPE, but uh, I, I can't. I can't get on board with it. Like, I understand the idea. For me, it's like I got this thing with Taco Bell that I can't really talk about on the air. Um, it's not, like, the normal thing like that popped in your head right away. Um, but, like, one time I got Taco Bell. I guess I'm going to talk about it. Uh, I talked myself into it just like that. And, like, whatever was in my chicken thing was not edible. <laughs> like, like it, okay. it wasn't good like oh, I, I, boy. it was like a heart like for lack of a better term it was like a piece of wood and I was like can't That's terrible. This. Chuck I'm trying to tell you bro it was terrible can't do it so uh, can't do it. from that point on I've kind of stayed away from Taco Bell this was like years ago at this point I've maybe had it one time since and I was very skeptical uh, so yeah I'm probably gonna have to stay away from the Mexican pizza unfortunately all right, next up, Casey. I do like the Baja Blast, though. Anyway, go on. Baja Blast, yeah. I think it's half off from, like, 3 to 7. Something crazy like that, right? No, um, if only I didn't work from 3 to 7. Oh, there you go. Next up, Nick Saban yeah. has been snitching and telling as of late, like garden tools tend to do, specifically on Texas A&M and Jackson State. 
these schools led by Jimbo Fisher, mm-hmm. Deion Sanders, respect, uh, respectively. Cash in the trash at Casey Kurtz. In a three-way, no-way-out cage match, WrestleMania style. Uh-huh. You're taking Deion Sanders to be the last coach standing. Oh, easy. Cash it. Tell him to bring me my money. Listen, Deion Sanders is one thing that Jimbo and Nick Saban are not, especially at this point in their lives. Dion's an athlete. <laughs> like, Dion is the athlete. Like, there's only a few people in my mind that I think of when I think of athlete. Bo Jackson is one of them. Deion Sanders is one of them. He was a professional athlete in multiple sports and did both at a pretty high level. So, yeah, I think it would be pretty quick, too. I do not think it would be a draw, like a long conversation or a long match. I think, like, Vince McMahon and the boys at WWE would have to quickly get the next match ready to go because they weren't planning to start for another 20 minutes. But, like, we got somebody in a headlock, and then we got a pin on the other side, and Deion Sanders is winning this thing easy. Can't wait. All right, last one, NHL talk. Let's see if I can get it right this time. Tampa Bay, Colorado, Carolina, and Calgary are all up one games to none in their series so far. Cash it or trash it, Casey Kurtz. Calgary is the scariest offensive team of the four teams uh, that I just named after scoring nine goals last night in their matchup against Edmonton. Yeah, what a hockey game last night. I stood up and watched it. It was nuts. Um, you know what? Yeah, cash it. Tell them to bring me my money. Right, so when we talk about Tampa, I love what Tampa has. They have incredible players, but the depth is not there as it used to be. Uh, Colorado's disgusting, absolutely disgusting on the offensive side. So they were the other team I was considering there. But listen, I like what the Flames have. Like Coleman scoring a couple goals last night, former Lightning guy. If he's if he's scoring goals, he's no disrespect to Blake Coleman. He's a hell of a hockey player. Um, but he's not a goal scorer. That's not usually what he does. Uh, he'll give you a few, don't get me wrong. But if he's scoring a couple goals a night or even a goal a night, they're in a whole other level with guys like Johnny Hockey and Tuchuk as well. So listen, I don't know if that's the right answer. I don't know if it's recency bias. They scored nine goals last night in a playoff game against Edmonton, who's pretty good themselves, by the way. Uh, but I love what they're doing in Calgary. I hate to say it, but I love what they're doing, and I'll I'll go with you on that one, Brian Milton. All right, Casey Curse, that's it for Cash It or Trash It. Cash It or Trash It on Thursday. Action Sports Jacks Overtime. We hit this break, and we come back, finish up the show on a Thursday. We'll be right back. Have you noticed, Brian Milton, that my hat continuously gets higher on my head every break? Well, that's because all that hair growing underneath it. Bro, I do got some lettuce right now. I need to get a haircut before I go on this. Uh, Excursion? This yeah. That boy going out to country? Yeah. That's what we like to, hey, we multicultural here, huh? Yeah. Uh, over time. That's we don't us. just stay in the continental 48. We just don't stay within the U.S. borders, huh? Yeah. It's safety. We go out. International like waters. You know what I'm saying? I so, like that. Um, I got to get a haircut, but you like my hat. I don't know why I'm doing it, but like it's like barely even on my head at this point. Like my headphones are all anyway, not important. If you're watching on Facebook, YouTube, Twitter, Twitch, you might have noticed it. And if you're listening in your car, obviously we appreciate you as well. But we do have a stream. If you ever want to watch Facebook, YouTube, Twitter, Twitch from three to seven every night. Uh, Action Sports Jacks and Action Sports Jacks OT right here on ESPN 690. By the way, just a quick update on the PGA Championship. Rory McIlroy still leads at five under par. That's definitely going to hold uh, with the scoring on the golf course right now. So, Rory, barring something absolutely and utterly incredible, will be your overnight leader at five under par, looking for his first major championship since 2014. It would be number five in the career of Rory McIlroy if he can get it done. But we do have a long way to go before we decide that. By the way, Brian Middleton, uh, Mackenzie Hughes, not 
not looking good. Cut. Gonna be. All right. <laughs> so that that didn't work out extremely well for you, but nonetheless, can't win them all. Um, our guys aren't doing very good either, by the way. We might all get cut. So uh, that's the situation with Brian Middleton's golf pick, otherwise known as Canada's favorite son, Mackenzie Hughes. Uh, right now, we head down to the baseball grounds for Jumbo Shrimp Baseball. Gentlemen, as far as I understand it, Shane Boz will start, or actually maybe not start, but pitch at some point tonight for the Durham Bulls on a rehab start. As a race fan, I'm excited, but just confirm Shane Boz is supposed to pitch, right? Yes, Shane Boz will be pitching tonight. I believe he is, according to the lineup card, he is scheduled to start. I don't know if he's going to be throwing too many innings, but um, it should be an electric environment with Shane Boz on the mound, Casey. You, uh, Definitely going to be excited to see him pitch again. I am. I'm, I'm happy for it as a race fan. Hopefully all goes well, obviously, coming back from injury. So we'll let that play out. But uh, Thirsty Thursday as well, guys. Crowd should be pretty good, right? Yeah, it's another beautiful Thirsty Thursday. The weather's nice. It's a little shy of 90 degrees. Not a great cloud in sight. And I think the crowd is slowly filing in here, and so is Scott Kornberg. <laughs> yeah, it's, uh, it's a warm one here, and I think that's going to be a factor tonight because... You've got Shane Boz going two innings. Will Stewart, triple-A debut for the Jumbo Shrimp. So, going to be interesting. Boz is supposed to go two. After that, how does Durham push their bullpen for Jacksonville? How hard do you push Stewart in the triple-A debut when it's 96 degrees is the real feel? Well, the beauty about that is we're about to find out, and you guys will be on the call. Durham Bulls, Jacksonville Jumbo Shrimp tonight right here on ESPN 690. Guys, take it from here. We'll talk to you tomorrow. Save big money on everything for your next project at Menards. Spring is here, making it the perfect time for outdoor projects. Suncast Storage Sheds are an excellent solution for protecting outdoor lawn and gardening tools. They're easy to assemble, and the all-weather construction provides water resistance and UV protection. Save big on Suncast Storage Sheds. View our selection of Suncast products today in-store and on Menards.com. Save big money. 